One second. Love Talk Radio. Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure I'm glad you did. I am super excited. It's a uh, you know it's a big holiday week for us here in the states, and um, you know just it's Thanksgiving week, and that means food and family and and a short work week and all things wonderful like that, and uh, you know just. In order to celebrate that, um, we thought around here, what better way than to, you know, have a folk pop band from Canada on the show? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing folks, kind of. But we are having a folk pop band from Canada, from Newfoundland, um, I believe. I believe I got my – anyway, let's, they're a great band. I really dig their music a lot, and uh, they're just fantastic. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome uh, Jordan and Kristen. From the great band, quote the Raven. Hey guys. Hey. Hi. Did I get that right? Are you guys from Newfoundland or was it one of the other yeah. bands up there? We, we have, you just you pronounce it Newfoundland, actually. Like understand. No. Yeah. Newfoundland. Okay, got it. <laughs> I will. Uh, I, I'm cooking with grease now, baby. I'm cooking with grease. That's cool. <laughs> That's one of the interesting places. That you guys have a um, an interesting time zone there, right? It's an hour and a half ahead of um, where I'm at here in the Eastern Time Zone in Florida. Yeah, it's it's weird because like whenever we we play a meeting, we're always like, yeah, it's a half hour, and everybody's like, no, no, what? And yeah, it's a half hour or a little time zone. Nice, nice. How cool is that? That is the VIP room of the continent. Do you understand, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? The VIP room. That's where all the cool we had kids be, are. We had to be cool and different. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, now, are you guys, uh, excuse all the stupid questions about Newfoundland. I just don't know that much about it. Um, so, excuse my ignorance. Is it, like, wicked cold up there? Or is it, uh, you know, like New England? Or what's it like? It's like, it's like London with all the rain. And then it snows and the winters can be, they can be, Pretty pretty bad winters. Like we had snowmageddon last year, or was that last year or the year before? I think it might have been the year before. Well, we were we were snowed in for like four days, four days or something. Like yeah. no one could even oh, leave their man. house. It was so. Oh, they had to get, get the army to come in and shovel. Yeah. So <laughs> it can get pretty bad here. Um, in terms of how cold it gets, I think there are definitely different processes. Um, in Canada, that can get colder than us, but but we are pretty cold, and definitely a lot of. Snow. But not wet and cold, right? That's the big difference. Oh, it's wet. Oh, into your bones. It is terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> I'm not, I know that doesn't paint a great picture of Newfoundland, but I will tell you, it is absolutely gorgeous in August. Yeah, the two weeks of summer we get are the best two weeks of summer in, in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. nice. But we only get two weeks, nice. and then it goes downhill. <laughs> For basically the rest of the year. <laughs> well, 
That's awesome. I have friends that live in London, and they're always telling me, because I always make the joke. I'm like, every time I go to London, it's raining. Every single, I feel like I'm in like a cyberpunk movie. <laughs> it never stops raining. And they're yeah. like, no, it's beautiful. And you just haven't come. To, I'm like, well, I haven't, obviously, because I'm telling you, every time I'm there, I need an umbrella. Every time. Yeah. yeah. You have Same to be thing very Seattle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've never had that happen whenever I went to Las Vegas. It's never wet there. In fact, it's just hot and dry. Um, but, you know, <laughs> every place has its charm. Every place has its yeah. charm. Now, let me ask you guys. I went down, you know, I um, the fantastic folks over at uh, Vocab Communications, uh, you know, Dylan sent over um, your guys' press kit, and I checked it out, and I'm like, these guys are fantastic, man. These guys really, these are awesome. Um how did you get into the folk pop genre? Were you always just fans of that type of music and said, this is what I want to do? Um, or how did it happen? How did it, how did that come about? Honestly, I think for the longest time, we didn't know what color ourselves. Like we just, you know, we're big fans of music. And I think the folk, you know, the folk pop Americana thing just kind of resonated with us. And, you know, like, like the first band that we ever bonded over was the Civil Wars. And, you know, oh, a lot of Harmony Church and, like, Adele and, like, all these, like, just great singers who work with awesome musicians and stuff. And, and I think that just kind of inspired us to, like, go down that route without really knowing what we were doing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I it is. It's, one of the things I like about that is, is uh, your music in particular, and what it seems very relatable. You know, um, everybody I've played it for, and I've been doing that a lot this uh, last week or so. Uh, friends of mine and whatnot. I'm like, you gotta, you're going to be on the show. you got to check these guys out. Um, they're <laughs> fantastic. Uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, that just, it's like they know this situation of, that I went through and blah, blah, blah. Like, everybody kind of thinks that. And what that says to me as an artist is I'm going, because I'm not in the music business. I'm a painter by trade. I paint pictures of stuff and people. and been doing that a long time. But I've, I'm very jealous of musicians because you guys can do that. You can just reach in and and read some, you know, get that relatability. Um, and uh, it's hard to do that with painting. Um, not that it's easy with music, I would imagine. I wouldn't know. But I, I it seems that you guys are real good at doing that, you know. Um, and that's cool. That's real cool. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that is kind of what takes us away a little bit from the folk world. We have a few songs that are very story-based and have, like, a beginning and end mm. or, like, tell a very painted picture of what the song is about. Um, but we sort of do tend to lean a little bit more, I guess, catchy uh, in a way and also, like, more driven on feeling. And I think that's probably what makes the songs a bit more relatable. Oh, it's fantastic. I was pleasantly surprised. i got to tell you, when I first got the press kit, I saw the name of your band, Quote the Raven, and, um, you know, as a former art uh, school kid, uh, you know, I wore my fair share of black eyeliner over the day, uh, back in the day, <laughs> I should say. Um, yeah. I don't anymore because I'm an old man, and that would just be weird. But um, Alice Cooper does it. The old... Well, he does, but, but he's Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's thin. And he's thin. I'm a little bit of a chunky monkey, and that just doesn't fly, you know, it's. It's hot enough here in South Florida without that. Uh, but I, I thought, I'm like, ooh, a goth band? Wow. 
And then I was like, oh, no, this isn't a goth band at all. But um, they're very cool, though. I, I was, it drew me in, and I went, you know, I just started listening to all this music and everything. And then they sent over all the tracks. And I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. And I went on a deep dive, and I just really, let me put it this way, a couple paintings you guys did the soundtrack for this last week, because I was listening to oh. you guys a lot. Yeah, no. wow. So I don't know if it's soaked in there, but, um, you know, who knows? Who knows? The uh, good stuff. <laughs> how long, how did, did you guys know each other uh, from the scene there in, in Newfoundland, or did you, um, how did you guys meet, and, and how did Quote the Raven emerge? So the first time I ever met Kirsten was she was <laughs> drunk walking through the drive-thru at McDonald's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I just she, she was like a friend of a friend kind of thing, and then we ended up joining a choir together. Uh, Jordan Jordan was okay. working at McDonald's. I feel like I need to paint this picture yeah. a little bit better. <laughs> Jordan uh, worked there. Me and my friends were just at a little house party that was very close by, and I mean at 3 a.m. there's nothing open except for McDonald's. So we went there. Canadian and- girls. <laughs> Going to parties so we, in McDonald's. Oh man! So we, <laughs> but but yeah, and then it wasn't for like I don't know, maybe almost a year or so um, before we both just ended up being in the same music. I had to quit McDonald's, kind of thing. Yeah, Jordan quit McDonald's, and he was teaching at this music school, and I was in the choir and doing some lessons with another teacher there, and he joined the choir, and then yeah, we just kind of. Started our duo from that. Wow, that's awesome. That is very cool. And I will tell the youngsters out there, you know, choir is very cool, especially when you're young. Um, I had a good friend of mine. My friend Bill was in the choir. And, you know, and we would always good nature and kind of give a, you know, a hard time about it um, when we were teenagers, you know, a million years ago. And, um, <laughs> You know, and he, he, he's like, no, you, you need to stop by. Stop by the choir thing. Just, you know, we're going to wrap up in about half hour, but here's when you need to come by. So I came by, and I walk in, and he's there with, like, surrounded, just literally surrounded with all these, these girls from school. And I'm like, I need to join the choir, man. I am. Bill's got it going on. This is a very wise man. Uh, I think our choir. I tried out. And, they wouldn't take me, and the rest is history. You know, it was lots of lonely Saturday nights. Um, no, that's cool, man. That is cool. And the cool thing is, so you're learning how to sing because you both have really powerful voices, you know, and good voices. That's you know, you're real good at singing, you know, and and other aspects of music as well. But uh, yeah, your vocals just really stand out. Um, that's cool. So it started with choir. Wow. Yeah, we were cool. we were both really like, honestly doing music. I mean, Jordan was a wrestler in high school oh, before <laughs> before he found music nice. very late in high school, and <laughs> I didn't start singing until the end of high school as well. So we were both pretty late in terms of being singers and musicians overall. That's cool though. But you found you found your thing, you know, and that's so often. I think I think every like the world or the universe or, or whatever you want to call it, you know, throws out hints to everybody of okay, this is what you need to be doing. But 
so often. I'd say like 95% of the time, people are wrapped up. They, they don't realize it, you know, and, and sometimes, man, I know people 55 years old who finally figured it out, you know. Um, I think it's really cool when that happens, especially when you're young, you know, like you guys were in school or are, you know, and um, that's cool. That saves a lot of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think, you know, over the past, because we've been a band for, for almost 10 years at this point, like, being so passionate about it so early, I think that really helped us when we decided to make the full-time push as musicians to, like, be really serious about it, you know? Because we had that time where it was a lot of fun, and it was, and it was like you know we were playing to nobody and 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 but we got we got to hone our chops there and and once we realized that like maybe this is something and then we got to like really dig our heels in and be smart and professional about it and I think that's something that we really we're really big advocates of like you know whenever we do conferences and and panels and stuff like that like I think it's you know those the passion for music is there but I think also being smart as business people is also really important as well. That is so true. And, you know, I know there's a lot of young people, just a lot of people, I should say, not just young people, but people that are listening to the show and the podcast. Hey, guys, thanks for listening, um, and gals. Uh, and they want to be where you guys are at. You know, they, they want to be established and, and, and get, have these accolades and, and, you know, do express themselves with their passion and, um, and be good at it, you know? Uh, and that is some fantastic advice because there's a trope in all of the arts that, well, I don't know if it's a trope. I know a lot of flaky artists, man. Uh, but they don't get that. They, 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 they're like, I just don't want to talk. I don't even want to think about business. I just want to paint my paint. That's my world. But, uh, you know, do my music or whatever. And that's great. It's hard to live on that. You know, I like to eat. I like to be able to go to McDonald's at 3 a.m. if I want to, you know, <laughs> just like Kirsten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, when we, again, when we first started, it, we didn't really have that kind of a, a, a brain to really deal with the business. But, you know, a lot of people do this as a hobby. And I think if you are fulfilled mm. in doing it as a hobby, then that's great. And in which case you can do your music and go home and, I mean, depending, though, too, because, I mean, I, we know locally it's really hard to do original music. Um, so you would be more of a cover artist if you were going to do it as a hobby. So, I mean, it right. depends on what you want, want out of it. But, um, you know, and I think the other thing is, too, is, like, you have to be willing to invest in your own business. Yeah. And I think people get scared because it is something that you really don't know what the outcome at the end of the day is going to be. And so – you have to be really committed. You have to make sure you know or, or at least figure out what you're willing to spend your money on, try to make good connections with people and not be wasting it on someone that might not be doing the work for you. And I think we've been really lucky. We haven't had a bad experience to make us afraid of taking a chance on someone <laughs> else. <laughs> Which, right, like in the music business is not really heard of. You know, every time we talk to a friend who's hmm. in the business, they all have a story of someone Getting, ripping them off. Oh, absolutely. Promising something they don't deliver. And so we've just been really, we have been lucky in that regard, but we also know that we have to invest in our own, in our own thing. So it, it's difficult. Oh, yeah. And it takes 
on time because again we're 10 years in and we aren't we we're almost to the point where we can you know kind of pay the bills but it's still sort of that struggle so when you've been doing something for 10 years especially those people who aren't who are afraid to invest it it can be scary so you know it it is absolutely absolutely and now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www dot J-A-M-I-E-R-O-X-X dot U-S. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic-grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com as well as online, on Instagram, and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beatty, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation, raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please, 
visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com, to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rocks Gear, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Well, you know, Canada's pretty cool all around. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, I, uh, I, I, was, I had met some people through the show who um, are a band. They're, they're more of a rock band, but they're based out of Toronto, but they're originally from Vancouver, you know, which is way on the other side there. And um, mm-hmm. was, they were telling me every year, I don't know if they've been doing it since the pandemic and all that, that probably got put on hold, but this is pre-pandemic. They would. They had a deal where they got free train rides, like a free train ride to Vancouver, but they had to stop at certain stations and like play in the the train station or whatever for like an hour and a half or something like that. You know, which is really cool because train stations can be very boring and dull. You know, so they had you know people got to hear cool music and stuff, and um, and you know to the government some kind of program. I can't remember the name of it, but. Uh, and yeah, I'm probably yeah. messing up some of the details, but I just thought that was real something that would never happen in the states. You know, <laughs> that's just that's cool. Yeah, the government supporting the arts. Yeah, I mean it's fantastic, especially if you live out that way. Because here we actually don't mm. have a train. You're an <laughs> island oh. that really isn't. <laughs> we had a train. We had one. <laughs> Our train tracks were much narrower than the rest of Canada, so you couldn't transfer anything over on boat and have it fit uh, on the railway track. So that's why our, gotcha. that's why our train is operational. Oh, <laughs> but, man. But, yeah, if you to a place with the train, that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, that is, like, an ideal situation, being able to travel. Because uh, travel is a huge expense and only have to pay your way or play your way, I should say. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Man, that sounds like something that would happen. I live in this little beach town, um, which I love. If anybody's listening uh, from there, I'm not putting <laughs> the town down, but and I'm not telling any tales out of school. But oh my gosh, a couple of years ago, it, this this was so hilarious to me. They had a, um, uh, you know, it, it's we're a beach town and we're South Florida, so it's all you know, beachy and ocean and all this kind of stuff. And so they 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 said our reefs are terrible. We need to dump some stuff um, in to make a better reef, you know, for the fish and everything. And it gives something tourists, snorkeling tourists, something to, you know, swim around and, and see. So they had this big, had this artist, they had an artiste come in, you know, and he made these big um, Easter Island head heads, and they were going to sink them out off the beach to make the reef. And I don't know, somebody didn't do the math right or something, and so when they sunk them, they all flipped upside down. So we do have this wreath of Easter Island heads, but they're all upside down. And, oh. you know, oh. Yeah, and it it's, will cost, you know, millions of dollars to flip them over. So I guess it's easier to think stuff than to raise it up and think it again. Yeah. But somebody was asking, I'm like, just tell people it's artsy. That's all you got to do. We do it on purpose, you know. That's what you got to do. It represents the topsy-turvy world we live in, you know? 
it's, um, it's a story to it. be told. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you just got to tell it right. Well, you guys are fantastic. Now, you've had, this is album number three, right? If my yeah. notes are right here. It's our, How it's cool our sixth album in, in 2016. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so when you guys, like, go to parties, you can say, oh, yeah, that was on our second album, or, you know. <laughs> That's the coolest thing in the world. I don't have an album. It's pretty, I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> yeah, I think it's crazy just because we started so long ago. So, you know, for a long time, we didn't do any albums. We really just played every week. Again, to not many people, uh, like two five, to five, maybe. Five. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. Everybody um, does that, though, you know? That's how they start. But to be that we made three albums now, it's like, it's... It's amazing for us. That's cool. Now, do you guys, every musician I know, and, you know, I should probably preface this. I grew up in Metro Detroit, and everybody, all of my friends, um, and this is back in the 80s, a a long time ago, everybody wanted to be a musician. All of my friends um, wanted to be, you know, the next Randy Rose. They wanted to be guitar people. And um, I remember all of my friends got together and made a band, and I actually had to have a conversation with them and explain to them, you know, guys, you can't have nine guitar players. Somebody's got to learn to do something else. Few of you do, actually. Um, that won't work, you know. And uh, But they all wanted to play guitar. Uh, so all of my friends growing up, I was the guy who would, I have painted so many drum kits and leather jackets, you don't even know. I was that friend, you know. Um, ran a lot that of work cool tables. That's yeah, That's yeah, awesome. you know. Now, nah, but you, you don't meet girls like you do in a band. Um, well, maybe not with nine guitar players. But anyway, um, yeah. Whenever they you tell a girl that you're a painter, they're like, "Oh, let me introduce you to my cousin. He, you'll love him. He's great." That's usually how oh, that conversation oh. goes. Um, you know. They don't have to play like musicians. Uh, but anyway, uh, so all my friends have been musicians. And I know, so I know a lot of musicians uh, from growing up and being around. When I got out of college, I moved out to the West Coast. And then all my friends became movie people. Uh, but my musician friends always have a whole list, a whole book of, of songs and material. Um, and whenever, you know, they're like, oh, well, let's pull this one out. Let's pull that. You know, they always have a whole bunch that they've never released or nobody's ever heard. Are you guys like that when you sit down to make an album? Do you, do you have stuff already in the hopper? Or do you say, okay, this is the album. This is the theme. Let's go. And you write all new stuff from that point? Or how does that process work for you guys? It's, it's very interesting. We've, we've done it a couple of different ways. Like, like our first EP was a collection of songs that I, I had um, kind of mostly written prior to us being a band at that point. Um and then Kirsten brought a couple of them with me. And then going forward, we've, we've been um, really stuck on doing co-writing and collaborating with other musicians. And so Golden Hour, our first full-length record, we wrote that with nine writers. I think it was nine, including us. Nine total writers. We wrote 14 songs in four days and decided of those 14 songs, wow. we picked the, the top ten, and I think we had one coming in. So it was... Yeah. <laughs> I think since oh, then it's amazing. quick. Yeah. 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 It was a 
quite a process. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That is, I mean, talk about, because I'm telling you, man, it, it isn't, I don't get like writer's block ever, anything like that, but sometimes it's just, uh, sometimes what happens is I, I'm like, I have too many ideas for, pay. I'm like, which one do I go with? I, I want to go with like six, but I only have time to maybe paint two, you know, you have to yeah. edit them out a little bit. And uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, uh, and, and you guys, these singles and EPs and stuff, um, I'm looking at your Spotify page right now. These, yeah, you guys are on Spotify and all kinds mm-hmm. of cool stuff, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I heard this the other day, that Lonely Christmas Eve. That's a great song. That's a great oh. That gets you in the heart, doesn't it? Whoa. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yeah, good. we wrote that one over, over the lockdown, so... You know, I think we were all kind of in feeling of, of loneliness, not being able to see everyone. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you guys in Canada did, and this is, I'm not getting into a big political thing. Everybody don't, I don't care what your views on masks are. Do not email me. I, you know, do what works for you is all I'm going to say. Um, try to keep me alive too. Uh, but anyway, I, uh, I think you guys in Canada did the lockdown right, you know. Way better than us here in Florida. Um, but anyway, anyway, uh, we've got some, <laughs> some of your uh, your tracks here. We're gonna play. We've got um, this is what we what I have here. I've got uh, queued up. I've got hope through the night. Can't hold the light, and home is worth the blues. What should we play for everybody first? Do you think? Ooh, um, title track. Title track. Yeah. Title. Okay, sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we can go with Can't Hold the Light. Awesome. Let's play it, and then we'll talk about it. Here it is, everybody. This is Quote the Raven, Can't Hold the Light.
can't hold the light. What a track. What a track. That's fantastic. Uh, and I understand why that's the title track as well. Very, very cool. <laughs> It's so funny. That was the last song that we actually. That was the last one. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like it snuck in under the wire. Like we had the rest of the tracks for the record completed and like basically ready to go to mix and mastering. And and we wrote that with a friend of ours and um, Stephen Bowers, who's originally from Labrador but lives in BC. So we were like six and a half hours in the time difference. Um, <laughs> and we wrote that song. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. You know, I know it's easy to, for people to get, believe me, I, I, I'm I, on Facebook, so of course I see this. Uh, you know, it's it's easy for people to point out all the, the terrible things, and I'm not making light of any of the bad things that goes on in the world. It's, you know, there's a bunch of BS out there um, yeah. that needs to be fixed and everything, and that's great, and I, I'm glad there's people that focus on that. But at the same time, it's easy to forget um, what a golden age of technology we live in. You know, where you're able to do that. Us doing this show, that's amazing. You know, really. Yeah. Wouldn't happen 10 years ago. Um, no, it's yeah, absolutely I'm, amazing. I'm pretty yeah. impressed. Like, now, let me ask. Oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. This news, like, Zoom error, like, like, there's been a lot of technologies that have been produced because of Zoom stuff, like, where... You know, like we could work with oh, our yeah. producer out in a logic program to record something. Like, like he could he could do the commands and stuff for us. Like that, you know, that was unheard of even a year ago. So like it's it's pretty awesome. Absolutely, my wife. This happened. It was during the pandemic, so it was last year. I'm trying to remember. I don't know. She something wasn't right with her. She had some kind of something like medically. I mean, it was, she didn't need a new spleen or anything, but she was, she wasn't feeling well. She was sick. And, you know, any time over this last year, when you start getting sick, you, you know, alarm bells start going off and everything, but it had nothing to do with uh, respiratory or any of that. So we weren't too terribly worried, but what we were worried about is going to a doctor's office. Uh, Cause you don't know what you're walking into, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. Right. And she's like, She's like, settle down, get your blood pressure down, Jamie. It's all good. I'm like, what do you mean it's all good? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't want my wife going in and getting sick. And she's like, no, man. Yeah. She goes, I'm going to the doctor. So anyway, she went to the doctor on Zoom. She like on her yeah. phone and <laughs> talked to the doctor. And the doctor said, oh yeah, this is what the issue is. You know, blah blah blah. This is. It was her eye. She was having uh, something with her eye, and um, yeah. they said, you know, here I'm gonna. Give you a prescription and whatnot. This will, you know, a couple of these drops every morning, and there you go. And a couple of days, she was fine. But I was oh, wow. amazed that that was even an option. Where you're like, you don't have to leave the house to get a prescription for eye drops. Wow, <laughs> you know, we live in Star Trek. It's like a little bit of a double-edged thing because it's like. We don't all want to become hermits and only <laughs> and only do the technology. True. But at the same time, to know that we have it if we need it, or you know, just to see all the advances, it's like there's good and there's bad, but there's so much good. Like it's it's cool. It's definitely oh, yeah. cool to see advance. And now, folks, a couple of quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen.
listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, The Quotable Edison, Quotable Henry Ford, uh, Quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, The Quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Oh, I'm telling you, man. I think I ordered shave cream the next day from Amazon, and it was here, you know, that afternoon. It, it, it blows me away, you know, blows me away. But you're right. There, There is definitely, and I think socially that's going to be an issue, you know. Um, everybody mm-hmm. here was, was, ranting and raving about kids, you know, 
they're not getting the social interaction. I'm like, what about the adults, man? <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. all they do is yell yeah. at people when they leave. You know, <laughs> I don't know. That's, but. that's kind of what I said to my mom one day about her generation and how, well, I don't know what it's like down there, but here, people, are, even before the pandemic, we were a little bit more, like, not as social. Like, people didn't just go out unless they had a plan. There wasn't just, like, stopping into a local pub or that kind of thing didn't really happen. Mm. I think it's so much worse for them because they know what it's like to have the generation of being social and now so alone. Whereas if you're growing up in the differences, you don't know what it was like before. So you're used to this way of life. So I always think the people who, yeah, who are like used to that social interaction are actually worse off than the kids growing up now. It's something that they'll just know. And it'll just be a part of the oh, life. Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. I remember when I first moved to South Florida, and I hadn't really – I'd come here to visit a friend and met my, my wife. She wasn't my wife then, but she was just a girl I met, and, uh, but she would later become my wife. Um, so I, I wound up here. Uh, but I, when I first moved here, we have a very large population of um, elders, of senior citizens. Uh, South Florida, it's hot. A lot of things. They like it hot. Yeah, a lot, a lot from Canada. Specifically in our town, um, we get a a wave of, of I don't even know how you say it, Quebecian, Quebecites, people from Quebec, Quebec come down here. Quebecers. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah Quebecers. There's a whole bunch of them. Um, they always go the wrong way at the grocery store. You know, there's there's like a set path you're supposed. Anyway, that doesn't matter. But when I first moved here. Um, I was talking to my father on the phone, and I'm, I was, you know, ranting and raving about standing in line of some woman at the uh, drugstore, or CBS, or whatever. And, uh, you know, she was taking forever and chatting with the cashier and everything. I'm like, come on, lady, I'll pay for your stuff. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Got things to do. And then my dad, I felt so bad because my father, he's like, you know, you don't know. That could be the first time that woman's been out in a couple days. And the first time she's talked to somebody, another human being, in a couple days. So I immediately felt terrible. And now, you know, I, I since then have had more patience with people. Um, that's mm-hmm. the lesson I needed to learn there. <laughs> you know, and, and I did. Um, but, yeah, it's crazy. It's a crazy time. It's a crazy time. And here it is. Let me ask you this. I wanted to ask you guys, you know, for this album, this was all written pandemic or was this written – Pre-pandemic. This was all written pre-pandemic. Um, at, when we released Golden Hour in June of 2018, we we started touring and touring, touring so much like across Canada, and we were down in Nashville, and like we were in Germany and Trinidad wow. and all this stuff. And we just started writing with people um, along the way. Like we we'd meet up for a co-write if we had a day off and, you know, and just meet up with strangers sometimes. Like we wrote, we wrote home is worth the blues and a slaughterhouse, a former slaughterhouse in Calgary, you know? So it's really, like, yeah, there's so many stories to this record and, and, and yeah, like we just, it's all, it was before the pandemic, but we wanted to make sure that we could kind of tour it and, and really give it the push that we wanted to, to give it. So we kind of held off on releasing it, but I think some of the songs really lend 
to what people are going through now. So it, it kind of is a good time to release it. That's amazing. And we're going to play some more music, folks. I just, uh, for those at home, uh, as we were talking, it's an audio show. You didn't see this, but I just, I have a piece of black electrical tape that I put over my little timer button here, and I slid the thing over. So we've got all the time in the world now, and we're going to play these tracks, and here's some of these stories. We gotta go with home is where the uh, worth the blues because we just you, you just mentioned that. <laughs> I want to hear I want to play the track and then I want to I have to hear the story you know, so here's the track everybody home is worth the blues. Check this out. Baby, I've been gone And I don't see no sunset coming home The darkness and the distance got me torn Between the lonely and the brave Maybe all this time Wasted on these endless highway lines
Ladies and gentlemen, quote the Raven. That was Home is Worth the Blues. Fantastic track. You're all so good. Um, you guys have to tell us the story, though, about writing this and everything. You mentioned it before. We got to know. We got to know. So we, we were in Calgary. We were on a two-week stint of, like, uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan and B.C. and all that stuff. And um, our, our manager was like, you, you guys should write with Blake Reed, who's this awesome singer-songwriter from, from there. And so we call him up, and we're like, okay, like, do you have a jam space? And he's, like, a couple hours outside of Calgary. And, and we were in the middle of Calgary and didn't have much time. So we agreed on trying to find a space in Calgary. And so we just did a quick Google search and found Slaughterhouse Studios. And we were like, <laughs> we have no other choice. Like, I'm not even looking any further. Like, Slaughter Studios, of course we're going to go. And that's what it was. It was a former Slaughter turned into this, like, industrial jam space. And it was one of the coolest places ever to, like, we were writing in a freezer. Like, it was a former meat freezer that was turned into this unproof jam room. It was awesome. That's awesome. That is like that they should so repurpose cool. more slaughterhouses if they go out of business. Like it's a great place. Oh, absolutely! Because it's already all set up, you know. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. That is fantastic. Oh man! Like Rocky so you guys were. I'm, I'm telling you, hitting that meat. Um, that was the big thing, you know. When that movie, um, I was a little kid when that movie came out. But it had, for some reason, there was a gal that did the news, um, a, a woman. A professional newscaster did our local news in Detroit, and she was the person who interviewed Rocky when he was punching the meat in the movie. That was her big claim to fame. And um, so cool, you know. Yeah, everybody was, you know, they they treated her like she was, you know, a Sharon Stone or some a movie star and everything. You know, she just, <laughs> I don't know, but it wasn't much happening in like- Detroit at the time. Say again? I said we had moments like that when we're on tour. We we ran into the the woman who voiced Rogue on the '90s X-Men cartoon, and I <laughs> I almost faced. You know they're re-releasing those. My uh, I know. My wife's all into that. Yeah, <laughs> Disney Plus, man. I'm telling yeah. you, it's, all these uh, all all these streaming sites. You know, I remember we got rid of cable. And I said, oh, I'm going to save so much money. I'm getting rid of these. I'll have, you know, Netflix, and, and that's about it. Maybe Amazon. No, we, we have – we're spending more in streaming than we were on cable now. Um, and they suck you in because it's like, it's like, oh, there's nothing on here. And, I, like, I tried to erase Paramount the other day, and my wife's like, well, first off, all the Star Trek stuff you like's on that, and my Love Island's on that, so you better reactivate it. Yes, I think it's so like you can just you know get rid of it for a few months. You can always get it again, but it's so true. Like you, you just feel like you can't cancel it. Like you just can't cancel it. But it's there's so like easy one to... show that you. Yeah. Yeah. Sabrina the Teenage Witch is on channel as well. <laughs> <laughs> like Did you watch that? Oh my! Yeah, I I actually had to paint her, Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, for a thing out uh, in San Diego, and uh, that was a cool thing. She's pretty awesome. Oh, wow. Nice lady. Nice lady. Oh, uh, that's so She hates home. that remix. 
my uh, my wife tried to get me to watch that remake. She's like, oh, it's so scary and dark. And I'm like, I am not watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch just for the, the point of it, man. Are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> Let me watch something about here. war here. <laughs> yeah, it was just... It's yeah. true though, like it some person was like uplifting in a way. Like it was a, it was a nice, yeah. fun family show. Whereas you're right, the new one is good, but it, it's way different. It's so macabre. It's cool to even seem perfectly, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, with the name, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's so cool. Um, now the next track we're gonna play. Well, we have two more left. We got through the night and hope. What? Um, I oh man, my. Say again. I think we should do hope. Hope. I'm telling you, after yeah. the slaughterhouse story, we have to. We have to, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody, I'm kidding. This is, but I'm not kidding about this. Let's quote the Raven. Hope. Check this out. Again,
And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. That was Quote the Raven. Quote the Raven. That was Hope. Another great song. Another one. Now, where did you guys write Hope? I'm just curious. How did that come about? Um, I was working at Kirsten's mom's bar, and there was no patron sign. And I had my acoustic guitar, and I just started kind of messing around with that idea. and, And then I brought it to Kirsten, and then I brought it to a friend of ours, Peter McDonald, and that song that song took a couple of months to kind of finish, um, and mm. we actually recorded that in the summer of 2019, which is wild to think about, but we wrote that with our producer, Chris Kirby, uh, that's where we finished it, in, in Nova Scotia in the summer. Wow, wow, very cool. Hey, and before I forget, we were just talking about this off mic um, during when the last chat was playing, uh, when Hope was playing. Um, i got to mention, because everybody needs to know, we have links, uh, folks, on our show page. Yes. And these links, now everybody knows when we finish up the show, we convert it to a podcast. And that gets blasted out everywhere. And um, if you're listening to this in the future, you know, you're streaming or you download it or whatever on your you know, Spotify or Pandora or whatever it is you happen to be listening to, hello from the past, but you'll see some links there by the podcast. And those are all links. We have a link up to uh, quotetheravenofficial.com. That's their official website. Uh, Their Instagram page, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all that. And um, those links remain active. So all you got to do is click on that and go over there and like and share, baby. Like and share. We live in an algorithm world. If you're into something, I'm telling you, there's like a 95% chance all your friends are going to be into it, too. Um, so, you know, because you're friends, you have common interests, logical. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it really helps with the algorithms and whatnot. So always like and share, and with bands especially, because we all have playlists on our favorite streaming sites and whatnot. Add, if you like a band or something, especially an independent band, um, add them to your playlist. That helps the algorithm a lot too, and it gets just gets a lot of ears and whatnot on some cool people that work real hard, you know. And uh, that helps a lot. That helps a lot. Uh, very very cool. So you guys are always, you know, working and writing and stuff. It seems. Yeah, that it's, it's like surprise it's, me. It's the next thing. It's, you know, what's the next thing? And and it's been it's been pretty awesome because like we didn't realize, you know, five years ago that we would have ever toured Newfoundland. And then we didn't realize that we'd ever toured Eastern Canada. And we didn't realize that we'd tour all of Canada and all these crazy things that have kind of happened and, and continue to happen. And, and I think, yeah, it's it's just exciting. Like, you know, what's the next thing is always on our mind. And in, in doing that, then we're always kind of striving to just one-up ourselves in I love the music video for Hope. I've been, it's on my website. I always put a video from, for bands and whatnot, if they have one, and uh, most do. Um, but your guys' Hope video is fantastic. You both look like a million dollars. I, 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 I really, Jordan, I really dig your look in that. I'm like, that's a good suit, man. Um, yeah, I mean, you both look like a million dollars, you know, seriously. Um, let me Thank ask you. you this, because I always ask my musician friends this, and I get different answers from different people, you know, of course. 
Um, do you what do you feel about making music videos? Are you a fan or is it a necessary evil? Um, for me, uh, it it depends. Um, mm. you know, we only we only made one actual music video, if that makes sense. Like the whole video that we have is sort of a live performance video. So we did one live take of the video with the audio, and then we would like sing to ourselves to get some more video footage. So it's really a live take. Um, and we've only done one music video for our Christmas song that was sort of different scenes and sort of like this little like Christmas party that we had. And I really didn't think I was going to like the actual music video part because I just, I almost want to be like Ed Sheeran when he would do music videos and never be in them because I was like, this this is more comfortable for me. I don't want to be in it. Um, right, but I get it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of back and forth on it. I don't. It, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but then once we're in the process of it, it's kind of fun. My only thing is like, I never know what I'm going to wear and I can't do my makeup very well. So like, it's just a lot of different things you have to think about. It's not always just about the music, so right. I don't know. I think I'm getting used to it, and I'm like more. Um, but yeah, I'm always I'm afraid of the trope. Like I don't want to do the same thing that everybody else has already done, and I think that's that's really difficult with the film world. Like I feel like musically, like like I have we have enough of a thing going that it's unique enough. But like I feel like with music videos, I don't have enough of a of a cinematic eye to like trust my idea is to be original. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it makes sense, Jordan. I'm a painter. <laughs> Every time I sit down to a canvas, I don't, I'm like, I don't want somebody to compare this to somebody else. You know? Oh, man. Does that make sense? No, it's it, it, a joke. I'm joking, but kind of half. Um, it, no, I totally get where you're coming from. You know, but you you guys are good at it. You know, you're good at it. Like I said, you look like a million bucks doing it, and you know, just very natural at it. It's uh, you know, it's cool. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed watching it and listening to it, of course. Um, now, as we mentioned, the, the full album is not only on Spotify, but it's also on Apple Music and Deezer, and it's out there. People can be buying this stuff, right? Yeah, and if they want a vinyl, they can reach out to us, and we will mail it anywhere in the world if anybody is interested. We will we have it on only a limited edition run um, on vinyl and CD. Um, really? If anybody still collects those, yeah, and we will mail them. We, you know, as long as people don't mind paying the shipping costs, it's, it, we'll send it their right, way, no right. problem. Yeah. That's awesome. That is very cool. I got, I, I tell you, a year ago, it was, it was right before the pandemic. So, uh, what, a year and a half? Whatever, whatever the Christmas was pre-pandemic, <laughs> the last Christmas, um, my wife got me a, uh, you know, because I'm an old man. She's like, oh, I figured you'd like this. Um, one of those all-in-one record players, you know, Victrola, uh, but it's, a, it's all-in-one. It's got the, you know, it's even got a cassette on the side. Never <laughs> but yeah, yeah, if I ever found one, I could I could play it. Uh, but I I start buying uh, vinyl again. Yeah, it's 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 cool. I like having it. it's in our living room on a little pedestal. You know, I 
Yeah. I, I dig it. Um, something about that pop, you know. <laughs> um, I'm very happy with it. Um, you know, and when, wherever we go to a thrift store, you know, my wife likes to go, you know, oh, if we go to the thrift store, if you go to the thrift store with my wife, she's planning on being there for a couple hours because she's going to go through <laughs> everything. And um, <laughs> I need something to do. So I start going through the record box, you know, looking at something. Yeah, you never know what you might find, man. It's cool. It's yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. Um, well, that's you can get a quote the Reagan vinyl, folks. You gotta hit him up for that. That is very, very cool. Man, I dig it. I dig it a lot. Well, very cool. We've got um now let me ask you this before we play the the uh, the next track. Um I know you guys have been on tour, the never ending tour and whatnot. Now that things are starting to open up again and, and settle down, um, you think you're gonna be out playing uh for this one? Yeah, we the the goal is to like hit the road and and never come back home. At this point, <laughs> it's funny because often we kind of we get in these like sad, not sad states, but it, it is sometimes really hard to be away from family and your kind of normal routine. And so when we would go for right. a few weeks, some get a little bit sad. And now because we haven't been doing it in so long, we're like, what are we go. complaining? Go and just right. go and just. Let's go so yeah well, and it's a little different now too because like you said you have zoom you have facetime you know it's, we live in the world of tomorrow you can you can talk to your mama kirsten you can talk to her every day and see her you know it's amazing that's, that's, and i do do that now every day <laughs> hey, there you go. I, ladies and gentlemen i'm an old man i i, I know women that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying <laughs> Oh, Jordan's watching ghost uh, videos, and uh, yeah, Kirsten's talking to her mom. There's on the phones. There's what you're doing. from Calgary uh, or Nashville. <laughs> Nashville's yeah. a fun town. I always have a good time in Nashville. Did you guys enjoy it down there? It was honestly like the most life-changing event attended Americana Fest our entire lives. Like we got to, I didn't ever think we'd, we'd cross half the artists that we saw off our bucket list, but we did, and it was just... It was amazing, and also, I think I thought Nashville was going to be... I don't know what I thought it was going to be. I, I don't think I've actually seen enough references in terms of, like, what it looks like. I've only heard that it's, like, mm. music to eat on it. I didn't know what it would actually oh, yeah. look like, and it's, it's not as elaborate. I don't know what I expected, but I think I I expected something bigger than life, and it is just a beautiful city that is just mm-hmm. so rooted in music and it, and it was kind of comforting because it just felt like nice and like natural and not as like crazy as I thought it was going to be. It was so, it was so great. And we kind of figured out, you know, that our music was sort of Americana, which we also thought was amazing because we, we never knew where to put our music, we were like, uh, folk, some of the songs, like the next one you're going to play is a little bit more country and more rock maybe and like pop. And so when we went down to Americana Fest, it was like anything went. And yes, it was all rooted in folk, but you could, one night it was a rock band, the next night it was more poppy and like, it was just all over the map and we just felt like we were misfits that finally fit in. It was, it was just amazing. 
absolutely amazing. Oh, it is, it's a it's a cool town, and it's it's very diverse. I mean, a lot of people I talk to, I have to go up there every so often on business and whatnot. And um, you know, uh, first off, I'll tell this: there's a lot of money in Nashville. Let me just tell you folks that um, there's definitely um, you know people are buying paintings. But that's what I'm going to say. Uh, but the thing <laughs> is, too, it's very diverse. I was telling a friend of mine this the other day. We were talking about hipsters, and uh, he's from uh, out west. He's from LA. He's like, oh, well, no, there's no more hipsters in, in LA. I'm like. I disagree. If you ever get a chance to go to East Nashville, there are more handlebar mustaches than, you know, 1918 it's am- or 08 or whatever. It's amazing. Um, I even saw a guy in East Nashville. This is no lie. And I didn't go through a time warp or anything, but that's, this guy had one of those old-timey bicycles he was riding around with the big wheel. I'm like, that guy wins the hipster award because what a prop, man. What a pro! Um, um, amazing. I don't know how you take a girl for a bike ride on that. Maybe you run alongside. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> so the next one we're gonna play. This is "Quote the Raven," everybody. This is "Through the Night." Through the night. Check this out. Here it is.
And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Through the Night, quote the Raven. Another fantastic track. Man, you guys just wake up in the morning and knock out these hit songs, don't you? That's amazing. (laughs) With the help of a lot of other people. So many people. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's cool, man. That is cool. Now, you had mentioned that um, people in Newfoundland, uh, you know, just don't, you know, kick around the, the local bar all the time and whatnot. But I imagine you guys have a pretty good following, you know, like when you guys play, people are coming out, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty, it's been really interesting because like, like we said before, like when we first started playing, you know, 10 years ago, there was like two or three people. And now like we're, we're starting to sell the shows and stuff at home. And it's like, Oh, like people genuinely are kind of catching on to what we're doing and, and want to be a part of it as much as we want them to be a part of it. And I think, you know, I think every artist struggles and strives for that, but like, yeah, for mm. us, it's, it's been cool just being able to, you know, like when we were in Nova Scotia, we got recognized in the streets one day, and we were like, what? Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, you know who we that? <laughs> and you didn't know him money. That is fantastic. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, the cool <laughs> one thing, um, pre-pandemic, I have a, a good friend of mine who is a, uh, a normally he, he has a rockabilly band, he never has time to do anything with his band because he's a hired gun. He's a uh, upright bass player, and um, all these bands are always, uh, you know, when they can't get fine, when their bass player can't go on tour, they hire him, and he goes on. He plays in a lot of bands like that. And um, one of the last times he uh, rolled through town with this band he was playing with, they were an Americana band, and they were they, they had it was crazy. They had like seven gigs uh, over a, a few days lined up and every gig was at these um i don't know if you guys have them in newfoundland and i know there's a name that i'm going to mess up these these fancy beer ipas or something you know expensive beers uh places that serve that and they were playing at all these places and the crowd loved them um at every place so i don't know if you have joints like that up there but if you do the crowd would probably dig your music my yeah, experience. We have micro breweries. That's what we, we call microbreweries. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Become a big thing in Newfoundland lately. Like it's it's only recently came here. Like we we know like there's a lot in Nova Scotia and stuff that we we've played over the years and and it's only in the last couple of years that that Newfoundland's kind of really picked up on it. Now we have like the Dildo Brewing Company. We have. <laughs> Um, like not that's, that's a place in Newfoundland, by the way. <laughs> that's actually cool. Wow, that's a great name. Uh, a lot yeah, of women hang out like, there. No, I'm... and some guys. <laughs> Nothing I wrong with that. Know that. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Well, you know those places. It's funny about those places. You walk into them and you're like, you look around and logically you're like. Well, this place, you know, all the chairs, it's all metal folding chairs and things like It's not going to be that expensive. And then you go up to order a beer and it's like $17 or something. I'm like, for a beer? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's really I interesting. Hope, uh, like, I could go on for days about the business model of it all, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of really twisted the whole, like, alcohol industry on its head. Like, yeah. Especially here, I don't know. 
same down there. Yeah, here, it's, here it's wild because, you know, a lot of these places are doing better than the bar scene because it's just like a different atmosphere. And, you know, like you say, like, I think, I think also what they can make, like their, their profit is a lot higher than yeah. if you were to sell, um, you know, like mass produced beers at a bar. So like if, if they're doing it right, they're making a really good profit at, at something like that. Well, that's awesome. I don't know. I'm old school, you know. I, I'm an old school guy. And, yes, I've hung out at a lot of clubs over the last couple of decades. But it doesn't always have to be. I, I don't always like laser beams and fog machines, you know. Uh, no. I feel the beat in my chest. I like a good bar where you go in and it just it smells like a bar. You're like, this is a good bar. <laughs> my feet slightly sticking to the floor. I like it. I want to sit up here at the bar. It's well worn. The, uh, the the bar there, I I like that. You know, you need that every so often. Um, oh yeah, we have a little character. Uh, oh, absolutely. And the people are, are fantastic. You know, you go to a, a club. It's uh, you're like you talk to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, I'm in, I'm a real estate pro. Yeah, we know. I knew that before you. Yeah, I even talked to you. You know, I, I get. It. <laughs> and she she's a real estate agent. Yeah, got it. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it, you've already had the conversation in your head before you talk to him. Down the street from us, and it isn't it isn't a fancy club at all. It's a bar. It's a biker bar, and um, oh, wow. called the Firehouse Saloon. And they're not paying me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just telling you, if you're ever in Deerfield Beach, that's the place to go. Um, <laughs> you run into some characters there. You know, they may not have a lot of teeth, but uh, you run into some characters. That's all. I'm, some people with stories. How'd you get that yeah. star? They'll tell you. <laughs> Great. I love it. I love it. Well, very, very cool. Well, you guys play wherever you can, and, uh, you know, it sounds like you're doing, you know, you're doing good. You're going on all these tours. You're making albums, making music videos. Man, that's awesome. We're trying really worse. hard. <laughs> it yeah. definitely could, could. be worse. Jordan, you don't want yeah. to go back to that third shift at the Mickey D's, you know? That's got to no, be definitely, definitely not. No more 21-hour days at McDonald's for me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Don't get me wrong. I love me a McDonald's sandwich. Um, I certainly do. I don't know. I went to a McDonald's the other day. We were on our way back from Disney uh, World, and we stopped. You know, as you do, we're on the freeway. We stopped at a McDonald's, and I went in, and I thought I was on the Starship Enterprise. It Looked like two guys working in there. There might have been people in the back, but it was all kiosks and looked like droids inside. I was like, did we go through a time portal? What happened? I'm supposed to, I want a Big Mac. You know, come on. Yeah. I want to. I want to see Ronald McDonald and like, and the ball pit and like, you know. Grimace. Um, <laughs> <and all that. laughs> yeah. And Grimace. Yeah. McDonald's is gone. It's all modern now. No, they're ultra modern too. Not just modern where we're saying it's clean, folks. It's ultra modern. I mean, it is like Flash Gordon in there. It is crazy. Anyhow, <laughs> we're far afield. The name of the band, folks, is Quote the Raven. They're the best folk pop Americana band I have heard this year. Uh, they are fantastic, and we have links up to all of them. This episode, of course, we're going to convert uh, here directly to a podcast where we add all the commercials and all that in. Be sure to check out our sponsors, ladies and gentlemen. Use their code. They all have a code. You can save some money and whatnot. 
And with that money, you can go over to QuoteTheRavenOfficial.com and, you know, email them, message them, DM them, as the kids are saying, and get one of them <laughs> vitals, man. Get one of them vitals. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to do. Because I'm telling you, here's how it goes. You get the vinyl, you, you talk, sweet talk them into signing the thing, and then in a couple years, you know, you're down in your luck in Las Vegas, and you, you, you need to make back the, the kids' college money or something. You go over to the Pawn Stars, and you take that album, and, uh, you know, they'll call in an expert, and, uh, you know, give you $10,000 for it, because uh, <laughs> you've got it. Very good stuff. Nope. You can save the farm that way, man. That's the dream. See? (laughs) (laughs) Very cool, folks. Anyway, this episode, like I said, it's going to be pushed out on all the various social media platforms. We're going to push it out on all the podcasting platforms. I know you're saying, Jamie, how many podcasting? Don't worry about it. There's like, we're on 450 of them. So, and I'm not exaggerating. We really are on that many. Um, Wherever you listen to podcasts, I guarantee we're on it. Um, I would be surprised if you found a podcasting platform we're not on. Uh, because if you tell me about it, I'm going to message them, and we're going to be on it. That's how that works. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, fantastic. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And I want to thank Jordan and Kirsten for taking time out of your schedule all the way out there in Newfoundland to, uh, you know, be on the show. You guys rock. Very, very cool. Thanks. We've had so much fun chatting with you. Thank you so much for having us on the show. And we hope one day in the future we actually make it down that way in person. That would be amazing. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. My wife is, you know, Italian. The food is – all you got to do is look at a picture of me. Look at a picture of me and my dog. We are – it's pretty obvious we eat pretty good around here. Um, Yeah. By the beach. Yeah, you know, I I would like to go up there sometime just to say I've done it. Um, I've never been anywhere where they don't have raccoons. See, folks, we have fascinating conversations when the tracks are playing, what in the business we call being off mic. Um, I should record those and put them out on my Patreon or something. No, but that's more work than I want to do. Um, so that ain't going to happen. But if you do, I mean, I'm supposed to say this. Speaking of Patreon, if you want to listen to the podcast, um Ad free, well, you got to be in the VIP room, and that's my Patreon. Go to my website, uh, scroll down a bit, information's there. You get all kinds of stuff with it. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Patreon, and my wife talked me into doing it, so we're doing it now. Uh, but it's cool. It's cool. You get all kinds of cool stuff on there. Anywho, including ad free podcasts. We will be back tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've got a very cool guest that my wife met. And I guess he lives in our neighborhood. How cool is this? He has uh, this man, his name's Chris Clues. He's written a book, written a book I should say, um, How 80s Pop Culture Influences Modern Business. Seriously. And it, it makes a lot of sense. I was, I was checking it out. It's, it, yeah. <laughs> he's fascinating. Anyhow, he's going to be on tomorrow afternoon. Check that out, talking about his book and uh, public speaking and all that. We will see you then. And... Yeah, and then we got Thanksgiving and all that. And a, a thrash metal band Saturday from St. Louis. So, yes, it's a wide, diverse week of uh, guests on the show. Very, very cool. We will see you then. Go over right now, like and share all of Quote the Raven's social media links. We have them all up. So, do that, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Jordan Kirsten. You guys rock.
This has been Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks at Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hej, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.